welcome everyone to our next OXBC Spotlight uh, podcast, videocast, vlog, uh, and um, stop the press. Uh, we have with us Jim Needham, who is the uh, the global vice president and head of digital assets for the Merge Exchange uh, in the Seychelles. Uh, Jim, thank you for joining us. Hello, Rupert. Hello, Clements. <laughs> Good to um, see you, Jim. Uh, and also, obviously, a cornerstone and pillar and foundation of the Oxford Blockchain Foundation. The esteemed Oxford Blockchain Foundation. Exactly, uh, and approximately. Um, uh, Jim, we thought it'd be good to hear a little bit about your background before we hear about uh, security tokens and merge and the Seychelles and all those good things. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, where, where did it all start for you, um, and uh, and is it true that you um, live on the Riviera? Ah, right. Um, but, okay, I'll give you a bit of background about myself. So uh, I did a law degree at university. I left and went to work in the city. I started as an investment banker and uh, ended up spending about 17 years within primary and secondary capital markets in London. And around three years ago, we'd had some children, my wife and I, and uh, basically London wasn't the place for us anymore. We wanted to move, uh, we wanted to move to the country, bring the bring the girls up in the countryside, and so we uh, made a fairly fairly sort of on the spot decision. We 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 sold our, I, I left my job, um, and we bought a bit of land down in Devon and moved down here, and we built a house, which uh, was a great experience. But whilst doing that, in the background, I was um, getting more and more interested in what I was reading in the papers about. Um, Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, and I knew uh, that I was extremely ignorant on the whole subject, really, and uh, and made more and more of an effort to educate myself. I spent a lot of time googling and YouTubing, um, and didn't really get very far. So uh, I think probably as a result of all the googling and YouTubing, I was getting adverts for the Oxford Blockchain course, and I got sucked in. Did the Oxford Blockchain course. Absolutely loved it. Learned a lot that I didn't know, and that was the sort of that was the start of my journey into blockchain. Really, I, re I remember when you when you came to our first meetup back in I don't know what it was Jan January 2018, and you arrived and clearly you'd come up from the country because you were wearing a great big barber jacket, <laughs> and I'd asked if some people could help bring some drinks, and you pulled out from the huge uh, <laughs> pockets of your barber jacket about 15 cans of uh, of craft beer. So I was thinking, yeah, you know, it's only, it's only jackets like that that, that come up from, from, from the countryside. So, but the other thing that we heard about your background was um, that you, you were um, strategically involved in the collapse of Enron. Is that, is that right? I did spend a, uh, I spent about nine months working at Enron, actually, as a, as a, as a very young man, which I have to say was a tremendous experience. It was, it was a place that was really in the ascendancy at the time. I was working in the electricity derivatives trading business, and it was the envy of the world, honestly, it really was. And, and all the guys who ran that team have now gone on to big jobs at Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley and hedge funds. Um, but there were other things going on at Enron, which um, we weren't privy to, which <laughs> seemingly didn't work out so well. You were clearly in the right office at the wrong time. It was, it was, honestly, it was a really, um, it was an exciting place to work. And it was, it was very like cutting edge. They were trying to do things like get futures going for internet bandwidth. And um, they were doing some really, uh, really interesting stuff. This was back in like 99. So. Yeah, yeah. They, they, would have, they would have loved the ICO craze, that's for sure. 
They would have done, yeah. They really would have done. So talk, talking of uh, creative, uh, novel and exciting places to work, what's going on now? So I am now working at Merge Exchange, which is a securities exchange based in the Seychelles, which uh, I know you're familiar with because I've hit you on the topic a number of times, but um, most people, or, or if, I dare say a fair few listeners won't be familiar with it. Would you like me to go into a little bit of detail? Well, I'll tell you what, start on the basis of um, clarifying what, what, what that means in layman's terms, in terms of what, okay. this, what this exchange can achieve and why it's different to a crypto exchange and okay. how exchanges work. Yeah. That, that will then possibly open up why it might be valuable and interesting. So merges is a recognized securities exchange. It's what's defined in, in financial services speak as a regulated market. So that is what the London Stock Exchange is or the New York Stock Exchange. Um, it, people, get a bit, people get a bit alarmed when they hear that it's regulated out of the Seychelles, but you could substitute Seychelles for Dublin or Luxembourg. Uh, it's the same regulatory principles, um, which all stem from IOSCO, which is the International Organization of Securities Commissions. That's the regulatory framework. Um, we're a member of the World Federation of Exchanges. So we, we are even though the location geographically is the Seychelles and we're regulated via the Seychelles regulator, it's the same standards and regulatory principles as most of the big stock exchange groups that you are familiar with for the listing and trading of securities. Now, the, the benefit of being a, a, a stock exchange of that status um, is when things get listed on a regulated market, they have a sort of automatic bump of their status as a security. And that's because the barrier, the, the due diligence, the regulatory burden of listing on a securities exchange like this is high enough that it makes regulators around the world more comfortable with it. It's, it's the concept of a publicly listed security. Um, so that gives you great advantages when it comes to distributing it to a wider pool of a wider investor base so it fits into institutional investment mandates for example and you can sell it more um it, it's a it's a easier thing to get into the hands of the full spectrum of, of investors from retail up to institutional so that is the sort of exchange mergers it was started in 2011 as the domestic stock exchange for the seychelles um, it has evolved into more of an international listing venue partly because uh, it's a small market and it was a relatively late market to, to evolve um, relative to, say, London, which started, I think, in 1801. Because it was a, start, a, a small market and it started quite late, it also has the licenses for clearing and settling securities in, the, in, a, in a registered clearinghouse and the licenses for a securities depository or CSD. So that's quite an unusual combination and it's what's described as vertical integration. It means you can not only list and trade securities, you can also clear, settle and register them within one organization, um, which is quite unusual. It's the same structure as six in, in Switzerland and a few others, the ASX in Australia, uh, B3 Bolsa, I think, in Brazil. But most exchanges like London, as an example, has London as London, LSE is the stock exchange, uh, ClearNet as the, as the clearing layer and Crest as the depository layer. So that's three organizations, um, three tech stacks, different regulators. And the great advantage Merge has is that we are one organization with one tech stack and one regulator. So when it came to 
the conversation of supporting digital securities, tokenized securities, that's a much more straightforward thing to implement because you've got far fewer people to get to agree. So that conversation began with our regulator in 2016. And it was actually June of this year that it was approved that we could use our existing securities infrastructure to support tokenized securities. And at the moment, Merge is the only recognized stock exchange globally that has that permission and that infrastructure. So that's what's quite exciting. Does that kind of set the scene? So what, what will the benefits of that be? Does that mean you can, you can set so, aside at that instantaneously at the point you make it? Or what, 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 what are the upsides? It's a bit like saying that London Stock Exchange now supports tokenized securities within, within its end-to-end -end infrastructure. So you could trade everything you could trade through London. You, you could do the same thing with tokenized securities. Now, Merge is a sort of tropical, smaller equivalent of the LSE, effectively. So contrast that, to answer your question, to contrast that with a crypto exchange, there are no institutions, no professional counterparties around the world that will trade against a crypto exchange because the counterparty risks and the compliance risks are too high. They will trade, obviously, with the London Stock Exchange or an exchange of that caliber, i.e. merge. So we can give access to the digital securities market to the full spectrum of institutional investors. And that access point, other than merge, doesn't really exist at this point in time. Uh, on the question around merge, does it speak to a certain audience uh, of companies like, I don't know, SPVs or funds? I mean, every, lots of these exchanges you know, carve themselves a niche uh, which they focus on. Has, is Merge doing that or is it quite general? So I think historically the, the listing venue would have been aimed at that sort of entity. I mean, there, there are the traditional listings have been things like the uh, insurance companies in the Seychelles or uh, hotel groups in the Seychelles. But also it's a, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good venue for what we would call technical listings, which might be SPVs or funds, things which are listed for the, for the distribution benefits rather than for the liquidity benefits. But now that we're moving, so that the exchange has sort of evolved into a global platform. And actually, the, the way that capital markets are evolving is that the, you know, people are looking for opportunities all over the world, not just in their local market. And what, what, this, uh, what the blockchain technology or distributed ledger technology enables us to do is simplify that kind of cross-border process. Um, so it's a very useful tool for facilitating a global uh, listing venue in exchange. But when when you start to, to dig into the opportunities for the sorts of assets that you can tokenize, all sorts of interesting things come up. Um, and that could be rare cars, it could be paintings, it could be music rights, it could be authorship rights. There's all sorts of interesting new assets that could potentially be tokenized and listed on Merge at a price point that makes sense. Um, and then have the same distribution possibilities as if they were listed on, on you know, Deutsche Börse or London Stock Exchange. And talking about price point, not mentioning numbers, but as a percentage, but how much uh, less does it cost to, let's say, list on Merge compared to AIM in London? I think probably a, a tenth. Yeah, okay. Probably a tenth. And it, yeah. To list on London Stock Exchange is probably two and a half times what it would cost to list on AIM. So that gives you an idea yeah. of, the, of the quantum of price difference. So what do you see happening with, with Merge's story over the next 12 months, 18 months? Where, where, where is this going? Because this is, this is very nascent, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, we're at the cutting edge, really. There is, there, there is no securities exchange globally that has listed 
a equity token or a, or a digital token other than merge. So uh, it's definitely early days in the in in the book um, on this. But I think where it's going to go at the moment, there's a sort of I think the last few years, institute the institutions have been reluctant to participate in this market because um, maybe some of the infrastructure hasn't been there, and there was you know timing-wise the sort of collapse of the ICO craze of 2017 has sort of tainted the um, tokenization story a little bit. But I think now the infrastructure is starting to be there. We we, we provide infrastructure that any, even those, the most demanding institutional mandates could, could would, would be happy with. Um, I think you're going to see more and more institutions start to come into this market. And there are more and more institutionally focused products um, being created. There's a very interesting product that CoinShares have developed with um, blockchain.com and Globacap, which is a it's ownership of gold, which is stored in a in a vault in Switzerland, I believe, which is uh, recorded on the Bitcoin blockchain or Bitcoin sidechain, um, and that's very much aimed uh, in part at an institutional customer base. And I think there are going to be more and more clever and innovative products coming along, which will leverage tokenization, um, which are aimed at institutions, and and that will bring. When the institutions come into this market, that will bring real, real liquidity, and um, and that's what security tokens up until this point have lacked. I think, so I think that's the next um, evolution. What, what's the name of that project? It's DGLD, Digital Gold. DGLD, right, mm. right. One la- one quick last question on that is, when from the institutionals, what kind of feedback do you get from them regarding this? Because they've been, you know, there's been a few reasons why they've been careful and, you know, uh, haven't got involved too much yet. But yeah, what's I mean, the feedback regarding the exchange? Um, well, the exchange already has already dealt with institutions for mm. you know a number of years. There's sovereign wealth funds and pension funds and asset managers that trade in our traditional products. So they um, there's a huge amount of interest in the, the the concept of bringing new people into the into the capital markets. So the the idea that huge swathes of the population have have never really participated in the capital markets, particularly Africa is a good example because it's sort of our, our home region. Until the smartphone, mobile technology sort of revolution came along, there was really it was really not particularly conceivable for, for your average um, African investor to to really participate in the capital markets because there wasn't a sort of abundance of you know fixed line computers, etc. Um, but you've seen. In China now, something like 99% of the domestic market is retail driven. So that increase in liquidity is, is really beneficial for everybody. And I think the institutions are excited by the idea that there's there's this sort of additional pool of capital that could be attracted into the market if the infrastructure is there for them. That's an interesting observation. I mean, yeah. coupled with the fact that um, I think I saw yesterday that the, the middle class of Africa is, is due to grow uh, by at least three times in the mm. next 15 years. So, you know, not only that, but there's hundreds of millions of, of, of people m- moving into um, a sector where they may want to be investing. Yeah. So, China's yeah. A great. China's just a great example. It sort of shows you the way the, way the world can go. I mean, they're, 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 the, the activity on the domestic exchange now for Chinese sort of equities is, is, is amazing. It's absolutely ferocious. And, and that's driven by 90 whatever percent participation from retail. I think it's like, I can't remember the number, but the the US, which is a very, you know, 
Um, it's, it's culturally a very normal thing to do to trade stocks in the US. I think they're down at something like 25% retail participation. So the idea that this technology can bring can bring a lot of new people and a lot of activity, a lot of liquidity, it just makes the capital markets function that much better. And that's that's great for everybody. Mm, very interesting. Talk, talking of China and innovation, um, may, maybe as a parting shot to put you on the spot, uh, Libra, where, where's it going? Is it going to help with, uh, you know, are, are there adjacencies with things like what uh, Merge is doing? Yeah, I mean, I think the idea of stable coins or, uh, are, are, are fundamental actually to what Merge is doing because a, a lot of the, the magic of this um, technology is if you can have you know, smart contract based executions that things are automated and um, the, the, the money's change hand automatically and that you need either digitized cash or stable coins to be able to, to do that properly. I don't think it would be Libra. I mean, you can't argue with the fact they've got however many billion accounts and, and it's very easy for them to, to force adoption. But I think the problem with, with the way this is structured is Facebook have proven themselves time and again not to be um, trusted with our privacy. There's been a number of examples of them breaching that trust. And I think the, the volumes of data that will be generated if Libra got off the ground, I don't think that could be entrusted to to Facebook to behave with, is my, is my view. That's the biggest problem I see with it. Otherwise, the, the structure of the, um, the currency, I mean, I, I know it's not what people would define as a cryptocurrency, but I, I don't see too many problems with it structurally. But ethically, I don't think Facebook are the guys you want behind the wheel. Any other general news? Anything you've come across in the last few weeks which has caught your eye something which uh, apart from merge obviously uh, something else yeah i mean I, I, something that caught my eye and it's probably because i'm a i'm a bit of a a bit of a petrol head but there's a, a guy from oxford a guy called ray who's got a business called curio invest which is tokenizing um rare and uh exotic supercars and collectible cars i think it's an, a fantastic project he's been uh he's been touring around china showcasing what he's done he's won a number of startup pitches and awards and yeah i think that's a really exciting project definitely one to uh, to keep an eye on do you see merge getting um authorized uh, and uh, and sort of carbon copying itself in jurisdictions that are closer to china or the i don't know dubai or so the way our, way merge is structured is that they, they understood when they sat down and wrote the laws that people aren't going to come to the seychelles and set up shop to become members of the exchange or to be service providers to the exchange. So the, the way the laws are written is that uh, if an organization is regulated in its own jurisdiction, and that jurisdiction is one which is recognized by Merge's regulatory framework, which is effectively IOSCO, um, then they can become a um, service provider member, introducing broker sponsor to Merge under their existing licenses without setting up bricks and mortar presence in Seychelles. So that means we can we can integrate service providers from China, whether they be introducing brokers, members, sponsors, as long as they're regulated there, which is great. That's a, that's a very powerful piece of legislation, really, because it means we can build a footprint, a global footprint quite quickly without expecting people to come and set up shop in, in the Seychelles. Whereas if you want to be a member of the London Stock Exchange, as an example, you need to have a, a presence in London. What, what, what kind of message have you got out there to the OXB, OXBC community, how has that helped you over the last few um, weeks, months? The OXBC community has been brilliant in in a number of different ways, but it's it's it's, it's firstly very supportive. 
and and you guys are really leading the charge on that because you're always a uh, a friendly ear and and very happy to connect people when you're looking for connections it's brought together people from all over the world who've got an interest and a, and a shared experience in doing this course or mainly from from the course I, as far as i've seen it's provided lots of opportunities i mean there's been lots of overlap of businesses and projects and i just see it getting stronger and stronger actually fantastic great brilliant Jim, thank you very much uh, and we're excited to see what's happening with Merge and uh, yeah. hope it's uh, yeah storming end of the year for you. Well, one thing I'll say, actually, just sort of tagging onto that, the OXBC network, anyone who's listening, Merge is very keen to hear from anyone around the world that could potentially become a strategic partner to us or an, or an issuer or be advising issuers or maybe even anybody who's looking for a job in the Seychelles because we are... We are going to start looking for people soon because the um, the demand for what we can do is is pretty uh, is pretty fierce, and we're looking for good quality people. Excellent. Great. We'll, we'll include we'll include the uh, Seychelles job opening uh, in very small font at the bottom of the newsletter. <laughs> yeah, in, in Windings font, <laughs> yeah. uh, so that only certain members can uh, get access. We need some private keys and public keys so that. Right. Uh... Yeah. Great stuff. Thank you, Jim. Thank, Thank you, guys. You. Thank you very much. Take care.